Hello and welcome to episode 40 of Linux Downtime. I'm Joe. And this time I've got a chat with Joey Sneddon from OMG Ubuntu. I would imagine that most people listening would know OMG Ubuntu, but just in case, it's what Joey describes as a blog about Ubuntu. I'd say it's a website with news and tips and all sorts about Ubuntu and Linux more generally to some extent. And it's been around for an awfully long time. I don't remember a time of using Linux with it not being around as a website covering what I was interested in. And as you'll hear, it took me a while to get Joey to agree to do this. I'd been hassling him for a while. And I must have said this before on air, usually when I record these interviews or chats, whatever, there's a lot more conversation that goes on before and after we record, when people are freer to say what they want and stuff. And we ended up talking for hours as usual. I think it was at least a couple of hours. I wish I'd recorded it, but you know, that's how it goes. But what we did record was really interesting, touches on quite a lot of different subjects, so uh, I think you'll enjoy it. And if you do, then do uh, let him know. Tweet at ONG Ubuntu and uh, tell Joey you should do more of this sort of thing. Before we get to that, just a quick thank you to everyone who supports us with PayPal and Patreon. Very much appreciated. Remember, for $5 or more per month on Patreon, you can get an advert-free RSS feed, which includes this show, Linux Downtime, Late Night Linux, and Linux After Dark. And occasionally you'll get early episodes as and when they're ready. So, let's get straight on with it then. Thanks for joining me, Jory. It's really nice to be here with you, Joe. Yes. I've been meaning to talk to you for a long, long time. So how long have you been doing OMG Ubuntu at this point? I've been writing about Ubuntu since 2008, but probably only as OMG Ubuntu from from 2009. (laughs) Oh yeah, only 2009. So you've been around for a while. Yeah, I've I've seen Ubuntu wax and wane over the, the period and hopefully wax again. Yeah, so that's what I wanted to talk to you about first, is how have you seen it change? Because there was this huge buzz when it first came out, Ubuntu, and that seems to have sort of waned, as you say. It seems to have become not less popular because I think there are millions and millions of people quietly using it, but it's been overtaken by other distros in terms of buzz and popularity. And enthusiasm. And and yeah, like, like you say, there are, you know, the majority of people using Ubuntu are just using Ubuntu. They're not necessarily contributing or promoting or writing blogs about it. But um, the Ubuntu community isn't quite as vibrant as it once was but you know there are still still lots of community-based things going on still lots of outreach still lots of uh, people rocking up to contribute in their own way and so as that enthusiasm seems to have died off has your readership so you can go to google trends and type in ubuntu and you'll see you know ubuntu has its peak kind of in sort of like 2010 11 12 and then it kind of ebbs away and I think part of the reason for it ebbing away isn't because Ubuntu is any less useful. I think it's more that, on the one hand, people need to Google things less about Ubuntu. So how do I get my Wi-Fi to work in Ubuntu? Those sort of queries as Ubuntu's matured and Linux has matured overall. Those kind of queries have died off. But also, I think a lot of the kind of early enthusiasm Ubuntu had was from people who were kind of just getting into tech or into programming or coding. And Ubuntu was kind of the destination where you explored that. And then things like Android come along. And I think a lot of people kind of go there now first as their their first entry to development and that sort of thing. 
Yeah, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. You do sometimes write about other distros. I do. How well do those articles do? They do quite well. Um, people are always interested in distros, primarily because I think we all like to think, you know, you're not missing out on something better that's out there. So articles about distros that aren't Ubuntu do do popular because it's it's kind of peering over the fence to see what's happening in the neighbor's garden, so to speak. So which distros do the best for you? Everybody's interested in the next big distro. So things like when I write about Cutefish OS or back when Deepin used to be based on Ubuntu or kind of new uh, Ubuntu-based distros that people haven't heard of or not familiar with familiar with, or are doing interesting, novel, unusual things, those tend to do very well in terms of getting engagement with readers because it's telling people stuff that they don't know already, I guess. So how have you seen the community change over all these years then? So the community has changed as Ubuntu has changed in that in the early days, Ubuntu was all very open, very, very welcoming. It was very easy to get involved. And then around 2012, 2013, they Canonical introduces the Skunks Works project at Ubuntu, which is where they take a lot of their um, core development decisions behind closed doors and they happen in in private and then they're only announced to the world when they're ready to, to use and the community has kind of, as that kind of initiative took off, I think you see a lot of the engagement from the community kind of tapers off in accordance with that as there's kind of less chance to kind of step on and get involved in things. And that kind of continues all the way through the Ubuntu phone era, that ends, and then Ubuntu comes back to GNOME and things start becoming more open again. And I think you we're seeing kind of a, something of a resurgence in the Ubuntu community as a result of that, like Ubuntu's kind of going back to its roots and people are responding to that. That's good to hear. Now, you've always told me privately that you don't have opinions about things, but I don't, I don't believe that. I don't have I opinions. I don't believe you. The, the, the most controversial opinion I have is that I don't have opinions. I have preferences. I have, I have likes, but I, I, you know, I'm just a, a user at the end of the day. I'm not, not a developer, so I find it hard to get worked up or particularly passionate about, you know, toolkits or packaging choices, that sort of thing. Well, let me ask you about Snaps then. Where do you stand on them? You can't just be meh about it. Snaps have their place. They're not my preferred format. And obviously, as, as, as someone who writes a blog about Ubuntu, I'm aware they're not many people's favorite format. <laughs> but they are there and they are useful and they have a need. And, you know, people like Mozilla are packaging their software as Snaps. So, they have a place and they're just there. If you don't want them, don't use them. But I have no particular strong affiliation to any packaging format. I just kind of use whatever the developer has chosen to distribute their app in, I guess. Fair enough. Because you've seen Ubuntu go from GNOME 2 to Unity, back to GNOME Shell, GNOME 3, and beyond. So what do you think about all that? How did you feel about the various transitions there? The transition to Unity was, from my perspective, was really, I mean, that was the kind of a peak era of Ubuntu. Um, you know, netbooks were huge. This is kind of a pre-Android time. So Ubuntu was maintaining a kind of netbook-orientated interface in the Ubuntu Netbook Remix, and it had its GNOME 2-style desktop. And so it didn't make sense to keep two products, really. 
converged them into one. So Unity comes across to the to the desktop side as a result of that. And personally, like that's I was a big fan of that. Unity was great. It tried to do some interesting things. People really liked it. I know it within the community there was some kind of disquiet over it, but um on the whole it was developed and built based on user research and built by designers and it was great. I, I really liked Unity. Unity 8, less so. Um, I was never particularly a big fan of the whole phone era, which never really got to a completed state per se. But it was just a, a big distraction and diversion away from where people using Ubuntu were and people were using Ubuntu on their desktop. And the Unity desktop suffers as a result of that. So when all of that's canned and the switch back to GNOME, I think a lot of people took notice of Ubuntu again. It was Ubuntu, to set heck of something I said earlier, it's kind of like Ubuntu returning to its roots. Going back to community-led desktop environment is good for it. But having tried out GNOME recently, both vanilla GNOME and what Ubuntu do with GNOME, it's quite different. It is. And I think that Ubuntu is a vast improvement over stock vanilla GNOME. Yeah, I'd agree that uh, Ubuntu's take on GNOME is arguably a better experience. I, I quite like vanilla GNOME. I, I get what they're, they're doing and why they're doing it. But Ubuntu has obviously always been about sane defaults aimed at, you know, the majority use case. And their tweaks, I'd probably call them tweaks because, I mean, they're not super substantial changes. Um, they're great and they're, they're, they, they work. And Ubuntu's renewed, you know, the renewed interest in Ubuntu is kind of testament to that. So where do you see desktop Linux going longer term? Is that something you even think about or do you just live for the moment? I've always kind of lived in the now rather than get too caught up about where things are going or where they should be going or where they might go. With the whole Libadwata GTK4 thing coming on, um, Ubuntu is surprisingly quite open and... Uh, receptive to those changes, which obviously are a bit more dramatic than previous changes to the GNOME ecosystem. Um, so I, I think they're just going to carry on carrying on, I guess. Yeah, I wanted to ask you about that. What was your take on that whole situation then? The Libidwata GTK4 stuff. Yeah, and the rows that came with that between GNOME and their downstreams, some being okay with it, some being not very okay at all with it. Yeah, it was disappointing to see, you know, downstreams kind of who do awesome things in their own areas in different ways. You know, everyone's pulling maybe in different directions, but towards the end goal, which is just delivering a, you know, a really satisfying, engaging and useful Linux experience. So it's never nice to see them fall out. I can understand why there was the consternation there was because the, you know, fundamentals in the way things have worked up until now were changing. You know, theming has always been whether you're a particularly pro-theme or non-pro-theme person, like theming and customization and having some control over the look and feel of your desktop has always been a fundamental part of many distros. So to have that not taken away, because it hasn't been taken away, but to have that kind of encroached on, it's obvious that the fallout that happened, happened. They probably didn't need to happen quite as dramatically as they did in some instances. But, you know, I think people will, as the changes come out, people will settle and hopefully come back together. So you don't think we're going to see the emergence of some new desktop then? 
I would imagine we will see the emergence of some new desktops as a result of it. But I think those plans would have always happened anyway. I think, I don't necessarily think that Libidwater and GTK4 was the cause for it, just a cause for it, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I've heard various people speculate that Canonical might make their own desktop probably in Flutter. <laughs> what do you reckon of, of that speculation? I have heard nothing related to that. It wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me. Canonical is going big guns in with Flutter, which is understandable. It's got the backing of Google and seeing quite a lot of adoption on the Android side. And, you know, Ubuntu has always kind of flirted with that, bringing over uh, some of that, that kind of Android-y esque features like you know you had the the ubuntu for android thing before it had ubuntu phone and that was always really interesting i really liked that so flutter is just an extension of that i guess to kind of blur the the boundaries between ubuntu and other operating systems i would be surprised if it was an entire desktop operating uh, desktop environment sorry purely just because flutter on linux doesn't work that great it's pretty uh from all the flutter apps i've tried it's subpar. Have you tried the installer? The installer's quite laggy. You don't get the same kind of response when you're clicking buttons. Maybe because I'm too used to how those buttons normally respond, but they, they, they feel quite laggy and um, slow. Some of the styling's off, so things don't look quite like they should. It's all a bit uncanny valley with Flutter on Linux at the moment. Right. I'm imagining that will change, and I'd imagine if it does change, then Flutter may be more of a viable product to build a desktop environment in. I would be very surprised if that happened. Yeah, it's still early days for that installer. It's not the default by any stretch of the imagination. It's just something that they are developing at the moment. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's in it's in development. Um, I, th- I believe the plan was to try and have it as default for Ubuntu twenty two oh four. Based on my own my own re- recent prod around with it, um, I would say it's still a little way off <laughs> yeah. being LTS ready. Uh, much less kind of ready for default in general. So I've got to ask you about WSL. Oh yes, please do. That has brought millions of new users to Linux on the desktop, sort of. Do you know what's been really great with WSL is to see how, I mean, obviously, purely the tech on its own is is very interesting. It's very unique. Um, it's something I don't think a lot of people ever thought would happen, but it, but it has. And it's been great to see Canonical and Ubuntu respond to that very proactively in kind of, you know, tooling up Ubuntu to make sure it runs great, really finessing the uh, WSL install experience uh, for people using Ubuntu, and then also bundling in tools that make the WS, Ubuntu on WSL experience better. I think I believe they also have uh, like a dedicated WSL person employed at Canonical now to kind of oversee it, which is great. So when you write about it, do you get a lot of engagement and a lot of page views and stuff? Yeah, WSL is a huge topic. Like you say, I mean, you're kind of accessing a very large audience of Windows users, which from a blogging standpoint is really weird for me because, you know, I'm used to kind of writing in a niche. So when I see kind of new people commenting on those kind of articles that are coming from the Windows side, that's really exciting for me because it feels like this is, you know, where stuff is happening right now. Obviously, there is blowback from people who generally tend to sneer or hiss whenever they hear the the W word. But 
I think I think people have kind of acclimatized now to the fact that WSL is something that is not just a fad or a phase. It's you know it's become an integral part of many developers' workflow, and like I say, Ubuntu has responded to that brilliantly and the the team at microsoft working on it as well have been you know really fantastic and engaging with the community that's grown up around wsl now and is really really finding new and innovative ways to use the tech well thank you very much for joining me it's taken me a long time to persuade you to do this so uh, i'm very grateful i really hate doing stuff like this like as as you kind of pointed out i'm I don't consider myself to be someone who has opinions on things. Like, I think sometimes think people think because I write a blog that I must be itching to make people know what I think about things. Um, and also because I have a blog, people I think assume I have an opinion on things. And I don't know, I'm a bit more chill than that, a bit more pragmatic. I'm kind of go with the flow kind of guy. I still think that counts as opinions, but uh, there we go. Yeah, I mean, I have preferences, but I don't think my preferences are any more worthy than anybody else's preferences so i don't i don't tend to bang on about them you need more hot takes and clickbait headlines i do i do i need more hot takes all right well if people want to get hold of you obviously omgubuntu.co.uk what about twitter and stuff always hit us up on at omg ubuntu on twitter um i'm very active on twitter i live on twitter twitter's my my vice <laughs> so people can can reach out there also on youtube uh facebook but we don't really update it because i mean who uses facebook these days yeah i deleted the late night linux uh, page the other day uh, and instagram we're on instagram i've no idea why we're on instagram but we are so engage with us over there one square at a time well on youtube presumably there'll be a release video coming fairly soon Yep, there'll be a release video coming up in April. Um, probably a few videos before that, just looking at the beta. Uh, but there are also a few non-release videos coming because I've finally pulled my finger out of my nether regions to, to get on and start making more regular video content since that is where the eyeballs are these days. No, it's all about the ears, Joey. That's what I'm telling myself. The ears, yes. Well, I'll talk to you soon then. Cheers. Thank you. <laughs>